Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Rich Dotson. He's Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. He's Garrett Price. How's it going? And we're talking dynasty fantasy football. Second year step ups. Wow. We're really stepping up our game here. We really with are. This intro we have jingles. Yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yeah. What a voice. What a, what a perfect voice to be out here saying jingles. <laughs> Nailed it. Barely speak the English language. Wait, did you, did you call our names out? Did, yeah. I, did I sleepwalk through that? Did yeah. I just say, hey, you hey, just, hey just yeah, you did. went on with my day, didn't so I? So 10 yeah. years ago. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I was really, wow. Blackout. Like I did 10 years of shows. Wait, what happened? <laughs> When did we get ice cream? I remember saying it was Justin Jefferson's going to be sweet. I don't know anything else. Was going out, going out on top. Deuces. I waited for like all my rookie sleepers to like just dominate. I'm like, that's it. I'm done. I quit. Hanging them up. Call the perfect season. Call the call the Hall of Fame. I'm out, Jerry. Put me in, please. So yeah, we're doing sophomore step ups, which mean NFL players going into their second year that we think are going to take a big step. Uh, for Dynasty Fantasy Football Relevance. On tomorrow's show, we're going to do uh, third year. Yeah, third year breakouts. Breakouts. Yeah. So uh, I think you know my two players I got are a little chalky, but that's okay. I like chalk. We're going to give it for sidewalks. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. What's that mean? It's a NCAA basketball thing for Kansas Jayhawks. I don't watch college basketball. March Madness, at least. High five. Yeah. Rich. Yep. March Madness is like one of the most amazing tournaments. Ooh. Ask uh, Period. Uh, if you're a long-time listener, we did the long-time questions, which I got, you're right, I got inundated with the Bishop Rankies. I yes, finally. I knew you would. <laughs> like, after the first week, like, nobody said it, and they're like, oh, I always, I thought somebody else would say it, so I didn't write. <laughs> I got, like, 60 of them. Yes. Like, and now I feel bad. Like, I had to get, figure out what I'm going to do, because I only have one spot left in the league, and I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, but uh, if you're a Hunger long-time games. listener, you will know. They get to the Hunger Games to decide. <laughs> <laughs> Last Who one gets- alive gets in. <laughs> Show me your bloody hands. <laughs> wow. Um, and I've never filled out an NCAA bracket. What? Never. Never. I fill one out with my mom every year. She couldn't care less about sports at all. Any sport. Your mom fills ever. out brackets. She does every year. It was a, <laughs> it was a tradition that we started when I was sick in high school one year and I stayed home and I made her fill one out and now we do it every year, but how she fills it out is fantastic because it's not even like, I know some girls do color scheme and things like that. No mascots. No, this is how she does it. So let's say. Texas versus Butler, okay? I'll say, all right, Mom. I'm rich. I have a Butler. Uh, that's 100% how she does. She's like, I've always wanted a Butler. <laughs> but you don't mess with Texas. <laughs> so, and, and that's, she's got something for every, Gonzaga wins almost every year just because it's fun to say. Uh, so Gonzaga almost always wins. Arizona, she loves their iced tea. Like, she's got <laughs> something for everyone. It's fantastic. So Aww. I thoroughly enjoy it. And there were a couple of years where her bracket actually did halfway decent, too, Aww. which is hilarious. I, d- I don't. I'll watch. The NCAA games I watch are, like, when the 16 seed's about to upset the one seed. Sure. Like I, watch, I watch the end of that game, like the fourth um, and I watch like the upset games. Like I watch a couple of those. As, uh-huh. as, like, hey, it's close going into the fourth or third, second half. I'll watch yeah. those. But for the most part, no, I don't watch college basketball ever. I don't have time. I don't have time to do anything. 
That's fair. That's fair. I haven't watched but a TV shows. Like I'm always studying dynasty fantasy football and working. And it it is a tough time of year with the combine and then the draft coming up. It is a tough time of year for us. Yeah, I'm watching tape. Tape. I don't have time to watch but, basketball games. But I'm man, watching tape. The NCAA tournament's so good. I guess allegedly. It is. Not for me. It's. Not, I mean, it just takes over TV. I don't like it. It does. So just get it out of here. Oh, and everybody's yeah. just talking about it all night. Oh. Like, oh, you get your bracket filled out. Like, no, you never filled one out. No. Come on, bro. Join my pool. No. <laughs> Every time I I'm like, dude, I'm 44 again. years old. Like, I'm not going to break. Like, now it's just I would never do one. Out just of never do one. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe if my great, like, when I have grandkids and they ask me, then that's different. Yeah. That's a love. You become I'll a softie. Yeah, it's a different kind of love I, yeah. I hear. Rumor is. R- rumor has it. <laughs> I don't know. When, kids you, got, when you don't have to see them every day. Yeah, these kids got to move. I don't even see my kids every day. I feel like I don't see my kids every day. Come home from school. Hey, Dad, how's your day? Good. Head down, facing their phone. Then they disappear till dinner time. Then they disappear again. Well, the youth of today. Hey, Dynasty Nerds, it's time to take your Dynasty game to the next level with FFPC's Dynasty Startup Leagues. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just getting started, FFPC has a league for you with entry fees ranging from $100 up to $5,000. Choose from a variety of formats, including Superflex, Best Ball Superflex, Triflex, 1QB, and Standard. With weekly lineups, waivers, trades, head-to-head matchups, and playoffs, FFPC's fully managed leagues provide the ultimate dynasty experience. Most importantly, the leagues are here to stay. FFPC has never had a dynasty league fold. They manage the entire commissioner experience from buy-in management to fulfilling your orphans. FFPC is perfect place to expand your dynasty league portfolio. And here's the best part. As dynasty nerds listener you can get $25 off any entry fee as a new member when you use the promo code nerds head over to myffpc.com now to draft your team manage your roster and dominate your league with ffpc that's myffpc.com promo code nerds for $25 off any entry fee for new members ffpc where dynasty dreams become a reality when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, we're talking sophomore step-ups. One day, <laughs> our kids will be sophomores, and hopefully they step it up in the classroom. <laughs> so let's, let me dig in here first. Let me go first. Of I, course. That was a silent point, point between me and Rich. No one got that. No one got it. Unless it you're just, watching on YouTube. Yeah, on the audio. Right. No, that's why you have to go to our YouTube channel, exactly. which we have some more content coming out. We uh, have YouTube. some awesome content. We decided that, so. um, that we are going to do more YouTube content. We're going to do more content altogether. Period. Uh, you know, because the big announcement is... Garrett's going Dynasty Nerds full time. That's true. Yeah, I've not I've not told anyone yet. So this is the big announcement. Yeah, we've right here. We've hired wow. him full time, and it yeah. was, that was totally unprompted. How, bah, do you, bah, bah. how do you feel about that? <laughs> Jared will add some sort of like you know ramp <laughs> yeah. up music, uh, but yeah, no. I uh, starting in the beginning of March, I will be all things Dynasty Nerds all the time. That'll be my sole focus, and it's gonna be awesome. So you wait. guys, let us know if he's not doing a good enough job because we'll just fire him. Yeah, you're gone. Simple as that. 
<laughs> You're off the show, Garrett. We'll leave the power completely within the people's hands. <laughs> um, no, but we're relying on some cool stuff on YouTube. So if you're not, if you don't subscribe to our YouTube channel, we highly recommend it. Like we have a good interview coming up here soon. Yeah, uh, with a former NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. We that have. We a are current- not going to get out and head of no, and no. name I'm not right saying names. now. We're not disclosing the names. No, a, I just have- want. To, I just want Rich to know. I didn't say the name, did I? Don't spoil it. We have a current NFL running back. We're going to yes. talk running backs with. I That's wonder who true. that could possibly be. Um, won't say <laughs> names. Won't say names, though. Friend of show. Um, so, <laughs> God. Come you have on, no idea. Man. We have lots of friends. Come on. We have lots of friends ner- and lots dude, of shows. The nerd herd is vast and wide. That's right. We cast our net. So, yeah, we got a lot of cool stuff coming out. We'll do just specifically for YouTube. Um, so check us out there. So now let me get That might have been my favorite thing you just said. Specifically. Fucking hash, guys. It's been a while since you, there was something that, that good. <laughs> Slash bad. Thoroughly. Happens every day of my life. So my divorce. <laughs> I got you now. I'm all up in your head. Now let me, sl- let me swallow the saliva. Okay. <laughs> So who's your uh, second year step, step up? Charging Spears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't say things. Tennessee uh, Titans. Uh, Tajay Spears, Tennessee Titans running back. And, you know, this is this is chalk. And right now it, it's great because everybody views Tajay Spears as a great buy. Um, a lot of expectation there, which somewhat makes me nervous because a lot of times when expectations put on a player like this, it's hard for them to reach that expectation. Yeah. If you are a nerd herd member and you listen to the show, um, you'll know we've been talking Tajay Spears up for since for, he was a prospect. Yes, and senior you know, bowl last year. Senior right? bowl, I mean, yeah, that was right around now. Yep. We mentioned it at the time. Right, as soon as the NFL draft happened, we put Tajay Spears in the first round. Uh, Garrett had taken him there, and we got mm-hmm. a lot of uh, pushback on oh, it. Oh, lots! And you Ooh, know, people I heard about you know, it. telling us, "Hey, like you guys are idiots putting Tajay so Spears at high." Stupid. What, what about Kendry Miller? Who would you rather have today? So trust the tape. You know, like there's a lot of different ways to play Dynasty. We are a big tape family here. So yes, we, we watch the tape. All in the family. We let our eyes tell us what we want to see. And then we relay it back to you. And luckily, over the last 10 years, we have a very high hit rate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, David Zach puts out something every year. It says, uh, you know, our nerd score out produces the NFL draft capital. So we do better than NFL GMs. Yeah. And the proof's in the pudding. Suck I mean, GMs. this is not something that we like to say just to say. I mean, we have 10 years of documentation of places that we say go left when everybody's going right. And it's happened over and over again from, you know, guys like even like who's going to be for agent Aaron Jones. We mentioned it where Jamal Williams was ranked higher. And right. we were like, no, take Aaron Jones out of UTEP. Yeah, two, over two rounds later, that, you can just get you know, this guy and he's, you know, got just as good a shot. Cream hot, I mean, on and on and on. It just... And we're wrong too. It's not like we're it, right it all the time. Happens. You know, we, we miss on guys and, but we're right more than wrong. And when you're attacking your rookie draft, that's exactly where you want to be. And a guy like Tajay Spears had all the tools that we wanted. He was our, I think he's my running back three coming out of that class. I think you uh, had him at four, four, because uh, you had H and ahead of, of Spears. I did have H and I had Spears ahead of H right. and I had Tajay Spears at four, um, which is hilarious because of who you're talking about and who I'm going to be talking yeah, about a little bit. So, <laughs> For me, you know, why is Tajay Spears right now um, the the darling of the ball, right? Mm-hmm. It's because... Della da ball. That's what I meant to say. But I didn't know the word, so... <laughs> it's the darling. The you darling know, of it, the dance. <laughs> <laughs> Too much Mark's Madness talk. That's so we have, He doesn't know what to say. 
when you know that you know the 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 main running back is leaving, like Derrick Henry, he already says goodbye to Tennessee. He's out of there. He's on a team that has does not have a lot of weapons. They have Traylon Burks. We thought Chigo Ganakwa would take a big step forward last year. He did not. They have Will Levis, an unproven quarterback, and they have uh, DeAndre Hopkins, an older receiver. Mm-hmm. And we'll see if he's still on the team this year. I, we'll see. I would imagine he would be. And Spears came in last year, and he showed enough that we're all excited, and we all assume he's going to be the starting running back in Tennessee. Correct. Now, even that's not a guarantee because they could end up signing one of these guys in free agency. Mm-hmm. Um, they might sign somebody that where all of a sudden he's back into a 50-50 split. They do have a lot of money to spend there in Tennessee, or mm-hmm. they could draft a guy. But when you look at Tajay Spears, this is somebody who is just a complete running back, right? Like, he's explosive. He's 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 good in the passing game. He's This is somebody who averaged four and a half yards at, per attempt this year and was really good ex- with his explosive rates. And what's really impressive, you're like, oh, four and a half yards, Rich, how, how great is that? Well, to me, I think it's exemplary because he did it behind that Tennessee – offensive line and pro football focus had them ranked as a dead last mm-hmm. when it comes to offensive lines. No That's how bad they were. Yep. So for him to average 4.4, 4.4.5 4. 4. yards per attempt is pretty impressive. Um, the fact that he was coming in, in the passing game and was actually viable in the passing game. This is somebody arguably a weapon. Yeah. An absolute weapon in, in the game. So he put up some really good numbers despite everything that was around him. And right now they have the current seventh overall pick. And I think Tennessee is going to be in line to get a really good offensive tackle, like a really good offensive tackle, because we know the first three picks are going to be quarterbacks, mm-hmm. likely going to see two receivers in that as well. So either Joe Alt, um, the guy from Penn State as well, they're going to get a good offensive tackle there in Tennessee. And on top of that, they have the third most salary cap to spend as well. They have $72.3 million. So I think this is somebody that can go out there and be viable. And like we said, in the passing in the passing game, he ran 276 routes last year. He had 68 targets. That was fourth uh, for routes run and third for uh, targets on the team as a whole. He averaged 3.48 yards after contact on his receptions, which is, again, fantastic. He shows that, missing the open field. He shows that he's an elusive, talented running back that can make things happen. So for me, when I look at somebody who's viable in the passing game, who's probably going to be fed the football and be the main focal point of that offense, of course it's a buy. Now, does that make Tajay Spears a cheap buy? No, neither of the guys I'm going to talk about are cheap buys. I know, Matt, you went a little bit deeper here. Yours might be, but for Kyron, you know, for a guy like Tajay Spears, when I went to the Dynasty GM and I went to the trade browser, here are the most recent trades I saw. These are all what happened in February. Kyron Williams in a 24-4th for Tajay Spears, a 24-1st and a 2nd in a Superflex League. Love that deal. Love that deal, yeah. Love that deal for Tajay's side. I saw Jordan Addison in a 24 first for uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Tajay Spears, Superflex League. Okay. Love that deal for Spears' side. And then I saw a 24 first, Keaton Mitchell in a third for Spears, too. Yeah. So, and it doesn't say where that first is, but it looks like you're going to have to pay a 24 first for Tajay Spears. And probably a little something else. And maybe a little something else. Like, if I had to throw a third on top or a guy like Keaton Mitchell, I have no problem that whatsoever. Mm -hmm. But in a running back class that, you know, We'll see after the NFL draft. I told you before the show, I, I fully expect one, if not two, running backs to sneak into the first round of rookie drafts this year mm-hmm. for where they get drafted, whether it be the second or third round of the NFL draft. But this is a running back that we love the tape on right before he even got drafted. 
Didn't mind the, the landing spot whatsoever for where he got drafted. Loved what we saw on the NFL field. So everything translated from tape to college to tape in the pros on a bad team. Mm-hmm. So to me, that gets me really excited for Tajay Spears. And I have no problem throwing a 24 first plus on there. And to be honest with you, if I was a contender and I had a 24 first and then like a later second, I probably wouldn't be, I, w- I probably would pay that as well on top no. of there. I think he's that good of a running back. And with the running back class that we have in front of us, I think this is the opportunity to grab not somebody who's going to be older, but somebody that could be on your in your roster for the next three years. You know, we always say hashtag two to three year window. So for Spears, I would expect probably that two to three years. Of course, that could go longer. Um, sure. But youth is the key. Everybody's going to be out there and get the Joe Mixons, the Austin Ecklers, and get a year or so. But not many times you have somebody who was taken in the second round of the rookie draft that is somewhat available. Now, there's going to be a lot of leagues where I'm out there trying to buy Spears, and people are just like, listen, that's a fair offer. I'm just not trading Spears because it's upside. Right. Trust me. I went to all my leagues. You had him some leagues. I was like, it's not worth trying. <laughs> but in other leagues where I've tried to acquire him, right. I'm a lot of pushback of like, hey, that's a fair offer. I'm just not trading Spears. Yeah, like, I, mean, I, I, I got to see where the upside is. I was going to say everyone's in on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that. That's It's not a sneaky buy. It's not a sneaky buy. But these aren't buys. These are also like step-ups. So we think our players are going to take a big a step forward Correct. in their overall production. And, and, and so just you what you want to pay. You know, you could be in 20 leagues and they're all going to look different. And everyone's, I guess, craftiness and dynasty knowledge is going to be different. So, Correct. so I mean, it, you could get stonewalled in 10 of those and, and you know, be lukewarm in five, but still hit on five. And that's, that's great. You know what I mean? Fantastic. You could still get in kind of at the ground floor here with, with, with Spears. And, you know, obviously it's this big selling point is the fact that it, what's his name's leaving. Good old. What's his name? Derrick King, Henry. Derrick Henry, King, mm-hmm. uh, King Henry was all that was coming to my mind, but Derrick Henry's leaving and Spears wins in completely different ways. Right. So the offense is going to look different. They got a new coaching staff. Everything's brand new and fresh there. But to your point earlier, yards created per attempt, Spears was number four at, at over over four and a half yards per attempt created. So, I mean, that these are things that he's doing kind of on his own with, you know, with notably a, a, a pretty bad offensive line in front of him. And, and guys that he's ahead of are, are Austin Eckler, um, <clears throat> Brees Hall, Bijan Robinson, um, Christian McCaffrey, these are all guys that are like basically right below him on this list. So just to just to kind of give people a gauge as to what kind of running back he is, he's he's good in space and he's good laterally, and, and we've kind of beat this to death in, in the pre-draft process. But now we've seen it in the NFL, we got a little bit of proof on the within the numbers as well, not only the visuals. So it, I think is I think it makes a really nice uh, second year step up option just just due to the fact that he's got a, a great opportunity coming, new coaching staff. And he does good things with the ball in his hands. And, and Spears ranked ninth in yards after contact last year, 2.92. Uh, so it, this is somebody that wins at all phases. Yep. And I think one of the, the big things that we haven't even touched on is the addition of Bill Callahan to that team. Uh, Bill Callahan, arguably the best offensive line Big coach. Big loss for the Cleveland Browns. Big loss, Big for, loss the for the Browns. Huge gain, though. Yep. Huge gain for the Tennessee Titans. So uh, we've, we've seen... Everywhere that Bill Callahan has gone, he has taken offensive lines and whether they were good, he's moved them to great bad ones. He's made good. Like he has drastically improved offensive lines wherever he's gone. So, and then when you say drastic, drastic, this is as, as a Browns fan, you know, here in Cleveland, like he was absolutely beloved. He was beloved. 
And, you know, the proof is in the pudding. They, this is something, a team that they end up trading like a fourth round pick for White Teller. He turns White Teller into an all pro. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get a guy who they sign off the, the heap. I can't remember how they got him, but Ethan Posick. Mm-hmm. Uh, they drafted Nick Harris in the third to be the starting center. He gets, he goes down, he turns Ethan, Ethan, po- Ethan, Ethan Posick into a high end yep. center who gets an extension. He took a fourth round pick in Dewan Jones and made him. Uh, you know, when they do the rookie redrafts, a first round pick and arguably in contention for one of the best rookies off yes. the lineman all year long. So year in, year out, I've seen Bill Callahan's work with the Browns offensive line where the people are getting hurt. He has to make slide in there and he's dy- they're dynamic. Yes. So even if, even if Spears was a average running back, an improved offensive line is going to make him very good. I think Spears' skill set is one of the higher-end ones in the league, and you add that with what should be a significantly better offensive line, I think is 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 just going to be huge. The for sign game. and draft guys accordingly, Bill Callahan in place. And on top of that, Bill Callahan helps design the run game plays as well to fit his offensive line scheme as well. To give you that, who was also a former head coach of the yes uh, the the Raiders too. So, yeah, I, I think that that's the only thing that we didn't touch on that that gets me really excited about Spears. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all in with this. If you're in a league with me, trade, trade him to me. No. I don't have enough. Not you, but <laughs> the, the people listening. Oh, okay. Right. All 25 leagues of you. There you go. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, let me tell you about our friends at Sleeper. Guess what? Our app is is the mini is live Ooh. on sleeper right now. The dynasty so GM, pretty. you use the analyzer, that you can use nice. the, uh, the, the trade calculator. And my favorite thing is the inbox, right? Where all your trades from all your sleeper leagues are right there. You can actually push trades through the actual sleeper at. And right now we could be more excited to be partners with them. And right now, if you don't know, they are doing DFS. And I know how many people that play dynasty play DFS as well. And right now there's not a better place to play DFS than sleeper. They're offering up to a hundred times their, your entry, the highest payout in the whole DFS market right now. You can track your fantasy players and your sleeper picks in real time. All you gotta do is choose two to eight of your favorite players from pregame live in-game, or even across different sports. Pick more or less than the predicted stats, and only on Sleeper you can get up to 100 times your payout. You can share with your friends and get rewarded together. Make sure you use that promo code NERD so our friends know that friends sent them their way. Ooh, um, <laughs> and get your deposit match and Friendly. have a good time. You know, have all your DFS, all of your fantasy leagues, and now even a Dynasty GM in one spot is fully operational inside Sleeper right now. And then when you're a NerdHerd member, you get that full access to that. And remember, you also want to download the Dynasty Nerds app because they're both in there. Check it out. Check our friend Sleeper. Check out a DFS. Use that promo code NERD. Get your whole estate set. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my... Uh, Second year step up, my first guy is Trey Palmer. Um, nice. Right now he's going around 215 as far as the PPR ADP, which is around right around the turn uh, for round 18. 22 years old, 
you know, last year, nothing really to write home about as far as his finish. He finished as wide receiver 72. Um, some of the guys that are around him or, or finished around him, I just got, kind of want to put some notable guys sure. to, to give context. Alec Pierce, Quentin, Quentin Johnston, Jonathan Mingo, Jameson Williams, even though he only played 12 games, Rashad Bateman, who missed one game. Um, these are all guys that were 73, 74, 81, 82, 85. So right around him as far as where he finished, but as but just bigger, bigger name value, I guess, um, to kind of give context as to where he's at. Um, but I guess if you dig into the numbers a little bit and, and look at the target share, obviously he had two really good wide receivers on that team last year in, in Mike Evans and um, uh, Chris, Godwin. Chris Godwin. Thank you. Um, so he only received a 12.4% target share, which was good for about 72nd in the league. And he finished about, or he's 71st in the league. He finished 72nd in the league as far as points per game. It's a low number too. I, it is a very low number. Um, so obviously everything, you know, all the talk so far throughout the off season has been the fact that Mike Evans and the Tampa Bay Bucks aren't, aren't really necessarily even close on numbers. So, I mean, I, can things get worked out? Sure. I think all the signs point to him, them not working out and him going somewhere else next season. So with that, I wanted to dig into his numbers a little bit and just kind of look as, as far as to, to see how many vacated targets there are, all that kind of good stuff. So Mike Evans had a lot, 135 targets last year. He led, he led the team. Um, obviously in targets and I, and I'm not here to say a hey, tree Palmer is going to gobble up all these. Oh, <laughs> so I, I, I know that, but coming off a season where he got 68 targets, I could see him getting up into that 95, a hundred target range pretty easily with him leaving. Cause it's, it's not all going to go to him. There's going to be some that's go to K dot and there's going to be some that goes to Rashad white and who knows, they may bring in another another young guy or something like that next they're, year. They're definitely going to draft somebody if they let Evans walk. Yeah, I, I would I would assume. Higher. I, would assume, I mean, maybe. First maybe. two rounds. I was going to say, they, they got Godwin still. And, and Trey Palmer has shown enough, I think, mm -hmm. in his limited opportunities that they probably want to get at least get a look at him. And, yeah. th and that's where really all this boils down to is the vacated targets, the fact that he showed out and and – I think showed to be better than a sixth round draft pick, mm -hmm. which is what he was. Played big into playoff games. Yeah, I would say he had some big time playoff. And that's and that's really it was, it's towards the end of the season is when things picked up and in the playoffs when things really picked up for Trey Palmer. And I think he's I think he's gained a little bit of a level of trust with Baker Mayfield. So a lot of of him stepping up next year is going to rely on this first couple of weeks of free agency. If Mike Evans is gone and Baker Mayfield stays, I think Trey Palmer has a really good chance of kind of taking that second year step up, not to being a guy that you're starting week in and week out, but a guy that went from relative obscurity back into your bench, a guy that was a sixth round draft pick last year to a guy that could be a guy that you start in your flex spot on bye weeks you know what I mean and then maybe that grows as the season goes on and and they kind of build upon themselves and by next year oh my gosh look at all of a sudden we got this guy who's a viable wide receiver three and Godwin's missed time the last couple of years as well he so sure that happens where Evans leaves they do draft a guy and then Godwin goes down for a couple of weeks it really would propel Trey Palmer into that lead role to be the guy out there and really ball out and produce for your dynasty. And this is a, I mean, he was, he, he graduated, you know, he, he came to the NFL from Nebraska. He was originally at LSU. Mm -hmm. We know they produce solid wide receivers there. He just wasn't getting the kind of the play time that he needed. So he went to Nebraska 
And I, he was somebody, one of these guys that I evaluated on tape coming out and I liked some of his movement skills and it yeah. translated, I think to better production than most would expect out of a six round draft pick in, in year one. And I think he could take another step as long as he gets a bigger, a bigger percentage than the 12.4 percentage of the targets on this Tampa Bay offense next year. Yeah. I like guys like that too, where I can throw them at the end of a trade as a sweetener mm-hmm. and it's, it's costing me relatively nothing. You know, a, a guy like Trey Palmer is not very expensive. Oh no. Yeah. But the potential upside of a guy like Trey Palmer very few players have similar type of upside for the cost. Right. And so when you when you weigh those two things uh, together, it's somebody that I, I, I actually have him in a lot of leagues. I took him in a lot of fourth round picks, fifth round picks. Like he was one of the guys that I targeted a lot there at the end of, of dress. It ended up both being two Tampa Bay wide receivers and Rakeem Jarrett, Rakeem both Jarrett, of them, yeah. because of this exact situation where it looked like, Mike Evans was probably going to be gone. Who knew about Chris Godwin at the time? And there was a lot up in the air with franchise tags and all this stuff. And and, and I liked both of those players and, and their college tape. And so if you can take swings on those guys, you're going to miss often. The late round receivers are yep. really, really tough to hit on. But even if you hit 20%, 10% on late round receivers, man, they can be such a huge boost to your team. So uh, I think that's a, a very worthwhile investment at a, at a low risk mark. Yeah. You don't be afraid of missing there. Everybody misses there. Yes. You know, everybody's missing there. And you're just hoping we one of those people that get the ball, the bat on the ball. That's it. And you know, like you said, you're when you took both those Buccaneers players and you're, you're chasing touches, you know, once you get out, out of the top of the third round, let's say the top of the third round of your rookie draft, you're at that point just chasing. Like we talk about it. Like if you're in super flex leagues, like tight end premiums, grab a couple tight ends, grab mm-hmm. a couple uh, quarterbacks, all the running backs you possibly can there, at least have the opportunity to be the number two running back. Like you're just chasing touches right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's in the most pristine opportunity to get touches, you know, like, and you, and you got to for, foresee some of that stuff. Like when we like Taj, you're like, Hey, that's fine. He's in Tennessee, but Derek Henry's a free agent for this year. And right. he's, he's got a lot of tire, uh, tremendous tires. Mike Evans, a little bit older. They just signed Godwin. There's a chance he won't be there next year. Let's go ahead and take some of these bucks receivers, Michael Wilson for Arizona. Like there's nobody there. <laughs> you know, let's, uh, where does, who, who does Tennessee draft this year? Right. Right? Like, okay, that's a path to touches. Like, let me see where that goes. So yeah, I love that pick as well. Who do you got? Yeah. I ended up going with a, with a running back here and uh, his name is Roshan Johnson. He was a fourth round pick last year from the Chicago bears. And look, by no means am I projecting this or really it's hard to ever project something like this, but the type of thing that we saw from Kyron Williams this year, where it was a guy with not super great, not terrible draft capital, but not super great draft capital, but was a good productive college player that can do a a little bit of everything and goes from obscurity to the limelight in one year. That's if there was a player that I would say I thought had the best chance of something like that, it would be a Roshan Johnson. The thing that the things that I love about him is one He's a big physical pack. We're talking about plus 220 pounds. So he can take that wear and tear, that beating uh, that most other guys can't. Two, he's a very good pass catcher. Very good pass catcher. They targeted him quite a bit in the passing game, despite you know limited touches all year. He had 40 targets converted on 34 of those and, and had over 209 yards. So he was, he was very useful in the passing game for a team that 
didn't necessarily always target the running backs in the passing game a ton with Justin Fields running the football a bunch. Uh, but one of the things that I love is I thought Eberflus was going to be gone. And anytime a head coach is gone, you never know, like, especially those mid to late round draft picks, like they have a hard time hitting because the coach gets their guys oh, yeah. in here. So this tells me that there's another year of an opportunity. Really the only thing standing in his way at this point. Now, granted, free agency, the draft, you never know what could happen. Uh, but the only guy standing in his way at this point is Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert has been a fine player. Yep. Hasn't been fantastic, but he's been fine. And this is the last year of his deal. So unless they think that they are going to invest into this guy long-term, or if they think he's drastically better than Roshan Johnson, then maybe he gets a ton of run. But I think they're going to want to see what they have in this guy because they don't have a, like Eberflus has to win this year. Like he's got to make something happen with this team with either Caleb. I'm assuming it's Caleb Williams at this point. Like they've got to make something happen or they're going to bring in his replacement to groom Caleb Williams into being, you know, the next whoever. So he's got to figure out ways. So he needs to figure out what he has in some of these guys pretty quickly. He can go back to Khalil Herbert, but I think he's going to want to see what he has in a Roshan Johnson average 4.3 yards per carry with a pretty best offensive line uh, last year. Uh, that was better than, than everyone on the team uh, foreman and, and all of those guys. Uh, Herbert was a, a, a smidge better there, uh, but you would expect that out of a more of a speed back as for, as opposed to a physical back. So all that being said, all around game that I really like from Roshan Johnson uh, right now, he's the 32nd running back off the board. He's right in that same range as Jerome Ford, Kendra Miller, according to our ADP he's right in that same range. I, I liked his skill set coming out of college better. I still like it here. And I like the potential opportunity that he has with the Chicago bears this year. Yeah, I just feel like the Bears have a lot of money and Eberflus needs to win. Like, I was always, like, I thought about Roshan Johnson here. I'm like, something just tells me I feel like the Bears are going to go out and get a running back to help Caleb Williams. They could. Like, they could. And know, obviously like, that would like hurt. Like a good, because they have the money to spend. They'll sure. be, and in fact, they're going to reset their rookie uh, quarterback money. Like, mm -hmm. I, I was I, like, I, man, I thought Saquon could be a sneaky guy to go to Chicago. I would still think Josh an off, offensive lineman, you know, get get multiple offensive linemen. But they have really a lot good. of money to spend, don't they? Yeah, but but I would think that would be a better investment for a young quarterback than maybe a running back who, I mean, I don't want to say they're a dime a dozen, but, but a how lot, many, a lot of them. Could how do many good offensive good linemen enter free agency? Yeah, not a lot. Point. Yeah, I didn't. I haven't looked into the offensive. Yeah, line I mean, what teams really let good offensive linemen leave? Like right. a really good, like not many. That's true. Um, I, I guess a good a good thing on on. The Roshan Johnson train, uh, as opposed to Rich's poo poo. Um, I'm not poo pooing it. I like I like Roshan too. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, like, it just that, that was my one hesitancy when I saw Absolutely. him. It was like, oh, it and, and, feel and like I think that's guy in. and I think that's a legitimate concern. Even though Eberflus is still there, they did change offense coordinators. The offensive coordinator came from Seattle. They changed everybody, <laughs> right? And, and Seattle has been known as a run first type football. of team. So um, I would think that uh, Shane Waldron, uh, who is the new OC here uh, in Chicago, would want to implement that, especially with a young quarterback. Coming and, in. and you look at the style of guys that they've had over the years, the Marshawn Lynch's yeah. the, and even now Kenneth Walker and, and Charbonnet, both very physical they are. Uh, players. So he would fit that style a little bit better. I agree. Yep. Well, speaking of Waldron, my next guy is Jackson Smith and Jigba, who had nothing <laughs> nice go. to say about Waldron. <laughs> he did not. Whatsoever. Did he not have anything? I didn't No, hear he this. did not. He literally, he, they, they like, were interviewing him at the, uh, at the combine. <laughs> no, the Super Bowl. Or at the Super Bowl. And Ooh, they're like, so what do you think of, uh, of, of Waldron, your former OC? He's, he's like, 
inside in is, Chicago. Is uh, is this show live? <laughs> no, no. He waited for a minute. He's like, uh, he's like, he's like uh, they're like, oh, wow. Like, wait, is this live? <laughs> and he was like, and then he like said some like nice things. Sure. Sort of after that. Some boxed but message. He was like, oh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I mean, like. Turd Ferguson did not did not think highly of him. I guess not. Which I understand because when you look at you know Jackson Smith and Jigba last year, um, you know he had a, he had a wrist injury early, so he was a little bit hesitant. And you know when he was on the field, I mean they only really like targeted with the line of scrimmage. Uh, everything was really short, and that's how they kept a lot of their game plan last year too. It was really weird. So I totally understand like Jackson Smith and Jigba like, dude, I'm not being used correctly whatsoever. This is a player who's only 22 was the first wide receiver off the board last year in NFL draft, even though it was in twenties. Um, but right now, I mean, we've seen dynasty kind of pivot lately over the last couple of years to like, what have you done for me lately? Like instant gratification, like as the redraft crowd re like grows the game of dynasty. That's like, Oh wow. You were a high first round pick in my rookie draft, but like you didn't do anything last year. That means you're trash, which for the most part, it takes two to three years for players to really develop into their own. You don't get that instant satisfaction from guys, usually. I get no satisfaction <laughs> from any guys. Yeah. I mean, you don't. <laughs> I do. Oh. I can't believe I said that correctly. You said, I said the same the thing. The incorrect word correctly. Yeah, yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that was just a hard one to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> so... <laughs> I mean, this is somebody, you know, in Jigba last year, he ran almost 70% of his slot uh, routes from the slot. So that, that, that puts a hinder on him mm-hmm. as well. And, you know, his overall stat-wise, you know, four touchdowns, 620 yards, nothing to, you know, be right home about. But, again, I mean, this is somebody who's going to come out, who's a first-round pick that we love this tape. You know, amazing short shuttle, uh, amazing uh, hips. 6.8 or and, something crazy, or less than that. It was crazy. It was, yeah, it was one of the best of all time. And looking you know, looking back at the game tape and watching Jackson Smith and Jigba, which you know, I have some shares of, and you know, sometimes I like to look at player, like rookies, because I always try to find rookies that were first-round picks that didn't produce, and then go try to watch some of their tape back from the year before try to figure it out in the NFL. And oh, in the NFL. Okay. What I saw on JSN was he was open a lot. Yeah. Like he got open a lot. So like I'm not worried about him getting open there. And he, last year, like I said, Waldron. I don't know why he used him. I mean, he only saw a sixteen percent, sixteen percent target share. Could, like, I mean, could it could it be Geno Smith is limited somewhat as passer? And, it could be. And that was what they felt was the best way to win. You know what I mean? Like. It could be just that simple. It, it was it was like a it was a first read, a lot of stuff short yeah. underneath. Uh, even DK Metcalf suffered, suffered a little bit. So like if it was, it was a running backs or it was like Tyler Lockett coming underneath, and Tyler Lockett took a step back, and Tyler Lockett's do a lot. He might get cut this offseason, sure. which would make him and DK Metcalf. And they have a new coach coming in, Mike McDonald, and he's a defensive coordinator for uh, the Baltimore Ravens. And he, I know he come out and said, "Yeah, we're going to establish a ground uh, run game." But all all. Coaches say that. Right. So what intrigues me is. I, I think he means it. I'm, I'm sure he does. He's a defensive. I think he coach. wants to run the ball. He said, you mentioned play action passes and stuff like that. But so, but that that stuff can still work for wide receivers. It's not like a, an end all be all. The play action helps receivers right. tremendously. So when I see a defensive coach get hired in an NFL team, my immediately thought process is, well, who's the OC? Because they have complete control of the offense. Yep. Essentially. And here we have somebody who's getting their welcome 
to the NFL. And he hired Ryan Grubb, the Washington Huskies offensive coordinator. And this is somebody who really took, you know, and obviously he was bored too, but he helped take that Washington offensive uh, passing game and take it to a big jump for the Washington Huskies. And we saw that happen in 2022 to 2023. This is a team with, I know they have Michael Penix Jr., but they had, you know, he came second in the Heisman vote. Um, he also won that Maxwell award, but this is a team that in national total offense and going back to it, they, they, they were like tops in the, uh, college football, like top five year in both the two years that Grubb was offensive coordinator. And he worked a lot of three wide receiver sets there, which means John Jackson Smith and Jigba should see way more routes run, mm -hmm. which should increase that 16% uh, target share. They're definitely have Tyler Lockett uh, heads out there. So this is somebody for me where I see a guy come in, Ryan Grubb. He uses a lot of uh, motion, a lot of shifting, a lot of what they do in Miami, a lot of what they do in San Francisco. That's what really works in today's NFL game. Yep. A lot of motion behind the line of scrimmage. Simplifies things for the quarterback a lot. Yeah. And he, he, was, he did some of the most of that in college football last year. So I like the offensive uh, coordinator hire. Tyler Lockett's 32 years old. And I know they're going to suffer some dead cap money there, but they might just go ahead and eat and get out, get out from under Tyler Lockett now. But, I mean, even Tyler Lockett, he averaged 11.1 .1 yards per reception last year. That's his worth, worst of his entire career. So I definitely look – you don't take a guy like Jackson Smith and Jigba, and we knew he was going to go to a crowded wide receiver room last year. And we, he probably wouldn't have his best year because of that. And we had other receivers. like We predicted Jordan Addison would probably have a better fantasy receiver year than Jackson right. Smith and Jigba. They can, they can save $8 bucks if they cut him. There's there's dead money, but they it's can like save. It's like $20 million dead money, but they can save $8 million. Yep. So I expect him to be gone. And that helps Jackson Smith and Jigba, hopefully tremendously. Definitely with a lot of quick stuff, and they want to keep it short. Even Gina wants to go that way. Now that would go to Jackson Smith and Jigba. So anytime I see a rookie receiver that I take in a top five of my rookie draft, that the very following year that they have a, uh, that I still believe in that player, now I can probably get for pick 111, 112, right around there. I'm all over it. And again, in, in the Dynasty GM trade browser, Recent trades that have gone over the last couple of weeks here for Jackson Smith and Jigba, a 24 fourth and a first for Khalil Shakir and Jackson Smith and Jigba. That's Superflex Italian Premium League. Jordan Addison That's and a 24 first, like mm -hmm. I mentioned before, for Tajay Spears and Jackson Smith and Jigba, Superflex. Right. A 24 third and Kyron Williams uh, for Aaron Jones and Jackson Smith and Jigba in a Superflex League. Yeah, I like that. Don't mind that. A 24 first and Michael Michael Mayer for Jackson Smith and Jigba in the Superflex League. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba for Antonio Gibson, two seconds, two thirds, and Michael Mayer. So it seems like most of them are going to be back end of the first, but those are deals I love to make. I love to make those deals where people like, Oh, I, this guy I, was going, he was going high in last year's yeah. draft. Oh, I can I, have two first. I have my pick yep. at one, four. Now I can have one eleven. and Oh, Troy Franklin's on the board. And he was in a first round pick. Like I want that guy. Yeah. Like Barner's not a guy you want there to first sure. round pick. These yep. are deals I like to make. So I think Jackson Smith and Jibba is in a great position here to take a step forward in a sophomore year. Now that's see enough on tape to say, Oh, Jackson Smith and Jibba is going to be a wide receiver one. No. But this is a player who probably has the opportunity to step into a low end wide receiver two role. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think that's a I think it's a good buy or a good second year step up candidate. Uh, just because I love I love the talent, and I think his situation is going to clear up there in Seattle a little bit. I I do think Tyler Lockett's a real possibility to get cut. Just looking at his contract and just knowing 
listen, they're turning the page. They're moving on. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, and, and Lockett's an older player. I feel like it's a natural time to kind of cut bait on some of those guys that are making a lot of money, but maybe their best years are behind them. So yeah, I, I think new that, coach time to yeah. clean slate for your roster. Yep. So I, I do think that one makes a lot of sense. Awesome. Yeah. I I'm hundred percent on board as well. The, my number one wide receiver last year, everything that we kind of projected was exactly what happened. He's going to show some really awesome flashes, which he did, but overall the numbers are going to be a little underwhelming, but gear two is where we expect him to take a big step up. Like yep. he was, he was, he's the prototype for this kind of show sure where it's, it's a player that has the talent. The numbers were Meh. pedestrian, but there we expect them to increase significantly over the, over the coming season. So yeah, I think he's a perfect fit for this. All right, on to my second sophomore step up. I'm going even lower, guys. Ooh. Going even lower down. Dip down. This guy doesn't even have an ADP. Oh. <laughs> Never mind. I, took it up. I was like, this guy's not even getting drafted? What the heck's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Something's not right here. Um, but anyway, Parker Washington is, is my player. I mean, I think at this point, he's had enough of a kind of hot flash towards the end of the season that everyone's heard of him, right? I mean, um, he had a hot flash. Yeah, a hot flash. <laughs> he flashed at the end. The, uh, the hotness. Go through mental pot. The, mental he flashed pots. the hotness at the end of the season. Come on, Garrett. <laughs> it's called a hot flash. <laughs> anyway. He, he's a middle-aged woman. <laughs> that hot flash wasn't enough to carry him flash? past wide receiver 124 on the year. Oh, that's pretty low. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, but this is a player that he didn't even play to like what week nine. I was going to say it was, it was, he, he played in nine games last year. Yeah. So, and it really wasn't until I think it was week 14 or 15 where he actually started getting targets. So it, it was, it was very, it was a very short window that we saw, but he did have a, a very good game within that amount of time. He had six, six targets, six catches, 61 yards and a touchdown. Is that game. the uh, Christian Kirk injury game? Uh, it might've been. So this, I remember he like balled out that game. Yeah. It, I think that was the game that he got injured. And, and I think, I think in that small little bit of the window where, you know, he, he was getting the lion's share of the targets. We did see a glimpse of what this guy is. Right. And, and this is another sixth round draft pick. So he's not going to cost you much. He obviously the big thing here is the Calvin Ridley stuff, because it was opportunity, what he needed, right, to, to kind of flash his stuff. And another opportunity might be coming here within free agency. So within, the, if you dig in the Calvin Ridley stuff in the trade last year, when the trade happened, it was, there was a conditional fourth round draft pick, basically, that was added into this thing. With his play, with Ridley's play last year, I don't remember what hurdle it was that, that jumped a fourth to a third. But if if they re-sign, if Jacksonville re-signs him, they now have to give Atlanta a second. So what went from the 114th pick overall has already moved to the 79th pick overall. And if they re-sign him to any sort of contract right now, it goes all the way up to the 48th pick overall. For Calvin Ridley, a 29-year-old wide receiver. They're not re-signing him. That I have a hard time believing. It's not like he went out and balled out and gave him 1,500 yards, 1,200 yards, 1,100 yards. He barely just crossed the 1,000-yard hurdle. And he was super inconsistent while he, he was, was doing it. I mean, if you look at his numbers, week one, he balled out, you know, 20, 24. I'm just going to go by fantasy points because I don't want to read all the numbers. And it tells a story regardless. So the fantasy points, 24, week one, 5.2, 7, 11.8. 
If it's tough, it's the, it's the epitome of just inconsistency. And when you're making a decision on whether or not you want to pay a guy and bump up that draft pick from a third round draft pick to a second round draft pick, I think it makes it almost a no brainer when you wrap in the age and the inconsistencies that he's just not going to be there next year. Uh, It just doesn't make fiscal. It just doesn't make any sense logically for them Mm -hmm. to, to kind of make that investment within in Calvin really this year, the best ability is consistability. Consistability. <laughs> How about that for a made-up word, huh? I, I dude. That kind of works, doesn't I'm it? I'm going to use that. That's going to be on a T-shirt. Consistability. Consistability. Kind of like that. Yeah. Um, he was talking all the time, and I'm like, oh, I got to say consistability. Oh, okay. <laughs> this works too well. The, the hilarious part is not only do you mess up words, but now you're intentionally messing up words. That's not messing words up. That's making a word. That's being creative, Garrett. <laughs> creative You think Snoop English. Dogg just came out all of a sudden, people were like, oh, that's not... Faux shizzle? Like you think that you think he heard the grandpa say that? No. He made, made it, it up. up. I'm the Snoop Dogg of Dynasty. There you go. <laughs> Get together over there. You know what I'm doing. Well, puff puff pass. Um crack ass. <laughs> so this is another guy that had a ton of targets that were, that are gonna be vacated. 136 this time. Uh, you know, uh Mike For Evans was 135. So very similar situation as far as vacated targets. And again, this is not Parker Washington. I do not expect to absorb all these, but I do think he flashed enough at the end of the season that he may be able to even jump a guy like Zay Jones. And it, it may be it may be um Christian Kirk and and him come mid season as the as the number one and number two options just because Parker Washington's an explosive guy. He was the second guy as far as um, separation. I, I can't remember the exact numbers in front of me because um, I don't have them pulled up. But in, in, as far as creating separations with his routes, he was number two on the team behind Kirk um, and, and ahead of a guy like Calvin Ridley. Uh, so I just think I think he wins. I think he's explosive. He's he's young. He's a nice young option at 21 years old. And, and given the fact that he was a six round draft pick, similar to you know my other guy Trey Palmer, he's not going to be that expensive. Did he have one good game and kind of flashed? Where yes, and there was a point in the season where maybe he was getting thrown in in a lot of deals hesitantly because sure. you know people had just seen a little bit of goodness. If you let it kind of settle and simmer, uh, and, and and let his value kind of come back down, I think I think he might be a nice little value, come draft time or come sure. anything like that, uh, where it's just like yeah, yes, I'll, I'll give I'll give Parker Washington when somebody's on the clock or something like that. Yeah, for like a late third, you sure, probably get him absolutely. I'm gonna have an early third, like a late third, because there'll be somebody. There's so many receivers in this NFL draft, and so many are gonna get drafted. Mm-hmm. That in the third round, people are going to be salvated. It could be the, I mean, it could be the fourth probably round. Probably the fourth could, round. Yeah. Honestly, it probably be the fourth round. Yeah. It probably be really a tight end. There'll be a tight end three there going, sure. oh, but I get the third best tight end in the fourth yeah. round. Yeah. What do you want? Give me Parker Washington. I don't even know who that is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I think that's what makes him kind of one of these candidates anyway to step up in year two because I think Calvin Ridley's departure, because there's been a lot of GM talk, like the, the, the GM said publicly, yeah, we want to have him back, have him back, but I don't think behind closed doors they're saying the same yeah. thing. No, no, no GMs out there are like, 
man, can't wait for the door to hit that guy in the ass. <laughs> exactly. So I, I do think I, I do think that once free agency hits, I think we're going to see him sign somewhere else, which is going to be a nice opportunity, I think, for Parker, Parker Washington. Isn't the GM going to come out and be like, listen, his consistability was not <laughs> just there this year. I think there's a 60% chance. Have I you read his fantasy scores? <laughs> Up and down like a roller coaster. You know what? Screw you, man. This is a Cedar Point. This is Tampa Bay. (laughs) Uh, But but with Parker Washington, I I remember watching his tape, and I I went back and looked at my nerd scores. And while his his overall score was not amazing, it wasn't it wasn't terrible either. He was above kind of that seventy threshold, but he uh, he had the second highest hands rating uh, Mm -hmm. on for all of the scores last year. So he just, and I remember watching the, like he just tracks the ball so well and he, he, he makes spectacular catches. He makes routine catches. Like he's just got fantastic ball skills in that sense. And, and if you can do that at the NFL level, there's a role for you. How big that role is going to be. I don't know yet. We'll have to wait and see, but there is a role. And, and we saw him kind of take advantage of that because it, there was a reason he was six for six, right? You know, that yep. you throw the ball his way. He's going to catch it. And uh, so I, I do. I like Parker Washington. I know he uh, ended up being a little bit of a disappointment in his last year at Penn State. Kind of hurt his draft stock a little bit. But I think he's a nice player that, that could carve out a decent role uh, on that Jacksonville Jaguar team. All right. Last one. Yeah, let's hear it. Last but not least, I uh, I did the opposite of Matt. Uh, I, I did like kind of a, eh, okay, guy, to like I went I went way up. To the, to I, the moon. I went way up. But I think that there's still room for this guy to step it up even more. And I went with Mr. Devon Achan. Woo! So, all time. At, at first, I was just looking at rookies. Yes, I was he like, is. All time. I, he already is. He's already all time. <laughs> all time, second best rookie yards per carry ever. He's also the second best just yards per carry ever in a single season with guys that had at least a hundred rushing yards, some guy named like Beatty feathers. Uh, uh, from, I thought, I thought he was the only one ever average seven yards per no, 8.4 in 1934. So, uh, so modern, it's a modern. <laughs> yes. Okay. 8.4. Now that's consistent. That, you know, you know, what consistability. The but he <laughs> didn't have consistency because after that, he Go didn't on. have a single season over 350 yards. Mm. Who? Beatty feathers. Be good old Beatty. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Inconsistability. That's right. But, you look after him, though. There was not a single guy in the modern era. So I did from like 1960 on. Not a single guy in the modern era that even touched seven yards per carry. When did the face masks come in? Uh, I want to say that was the 50s. Late 50s. Okay. Because Jim Brown always had a face mask, right? Jim Brown did, but yeah. uh, Otto Graham didn't. Yeah. So somewhere between the 50s. Otto Graham and Jim Brown. Yeah. Jim Grant, uh, Otto Graham played from like 51 to like 59. He only played in the league for 10 years for the Cleveland Browns, went to 10 straight championships. That's uh, when the Cleveland Browns were an absolute dominant force. So don't right. talk crap about my Browns because for 10 years, we're the best team in the world. The best. Uh, <laughs> That's why your grandparents like them. Uh, but not only he, Devon Achan averaged 7.8 yards per carry. Who? Nobody rip- else even averaged seven. He was ripping off chunks. Every, chunks. Every time I saw him, he was running for a first down. You, you, so good. The, not even that. The next closest was six and a half yards per carry in a single season. Jamal Charles? 
No, Jamal Charles, uh, he is, he's one of the best all-time for his career, but his best single season 6.3. was 6.4, so just Holy barely man. below. I knew it was somewhere on there. Yeah, he had, Nick he had Chubb's a, up there, too. But you look at guys that are up here overall on a single season, you're seeing names like Jim Brown, Jamal Charles, uh, Gail Sayers, Barry Sanders, Alvin Kamara, uh, Adrian Peterson. Nick Chubb. Uh, I do not see Nick Chubb on here, actually. Blasphemy. <laughs> uh, which is a little bit of a surprise because he's always really high up. Yeah, there. I really thought he was. I was even trying to tell jokes. I thought Nick Chubb was like flirting with like Jamal Charles, like record. I knew Jamal Charles. Yeah, like, yeah I there. feel like he should be on this list. This is according to StatMuse. Um, so maybe, maybe there's a type of, but, but you look at the names on there. I mean, these are legitimately elite. Hall yep. of Fame elite running backs that he's just dusted, completely dusted. And you look at this offensive scheme. I, I've, I've said it, and I'm going to say it again because it bears repeating. There was not a better hand-in-glove fit than Achan with that scheme. There just wasn't. There wasn't a better fit. You look at what this team's done, but not even, not even this. Any Shanahan scheme, uh, McVay, all of these guys, they're getting these running backs opportunities to win. There's reason that Kyron Williams is playing so well. There's a reason, well, there's several reasons. Christian McCaffrey is playing so well. There's, I mean, he's, he's incredible. But these schemes set these guys up for success. So when you add somebody that has, not even joking, legitimate Olympic-level track speed, and he's not a track athlete. He's a football player. It's not just like, oh, here's this track guy. We're going to make up. No, he is a football player. When you put all of those things together, look, I... I was high on him last year and I've only risen on like you could tell me that he is the number one running back in fantasy exceeding Christian McCaffrey next year. And it would not surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. Will I bet on it? Not necessarily because we don't know if he's going to be able to withstand that much wear and tear. We don't know. Like there are unknowns to all of this, but does he have the capability to be the next Jamal Charles, maybe even plus? Yes, he absolutely does. And, and the real question is, is Raheem Mostert coming back? Is he sure. going to be there for more than five games? Right. Because we, we, we talked about it all the time and, and we always say it that he's, he's really good in a short spurt and, and then he's going to get injured. And last year was that one weird year where he didn't. And Devon Achan still flashed and looked amazing in the time that he had out there on the field. But if there, if one of those injuries does come up with Raheem Mostert where he misses a significant amount of time, look out. I mean, this is going to be insane, right? It's, I mean, it's going to be absolutely nuts. Yeah. 15, 16 touches per game makes him a, a running back one. Yeah, I was probably, I was arguably higher on HN than anybody in the whole dynasty community last year. Like mm-hmm. I, I had him as my number third over three overall prospect uh, overall. Loved his tape. You know, and like Garrett said, like not only is he just an Olympic track speed, but he's a football player. Like what, what made me fall in love with him was like his ability to run between the tackles and how tough he was able to run between her. And I, and I said, I was like, yeah, I know he's smaller, but he doesn't play that way. Um, uh, coming out of and um so for me I, I i couldn't i couldn't agree even more for uh you know a player that exceeded expectations for most people even myself i suppose he still has so much room to grow yes in this offense and like matt said if if most misses any time whatsoever the sky's the limit and i don't even need, but i don't need most miss time i just need him to get his 15 touches per game right on there 12 to 15 touches per game and he'll do the rest because he's that explosive. This is a player that's going to give you, you know, 150, 180 overall total yards in, in fantasy football. He's going to be a double digit over 15 point week in week out guy. If he's there on, are different, the there field. are different values of or different kind of 
different kinds of carries though. You know what I mean? If he gets some of these high value carries, mm-hmm. maybe down within the red zone and stuff like that, that because Mo- Raheem Mostert scored a gazillion touchdowns, touchdowns last year. If he could get some of that work uh, because Mostert's out, like he's going to go nuts. Yeah. He's very fan. viable in the passing yep. game as well. Absolutely. Well, yeah. and, and the crazy part is he averaged 17.3 points per game, but let's take into account that in week two, he got a carry or two carries right. had 1.9 points. And then he had that game where Went we berserk. thought he was going to play and he oh. didn't because he was actually injured. So he got like two or three carries. And so he had 1.5 points per game there. So you take those two games out in his other eight games, he's averaging like 24 points yeah. per game. And that's Christian McCaffrey level. Yes, that is absolutely Christian McCaffrey level. And that's as a rookie. As a rookie, yep. there is room for him yeah. to get so much better, understanding the scheme better. Like there, it's for me. I would have a hard time in specifically best ball drafting anybody other than a Christian Christian McCaffrey over him. Like I would have a very hard well, time doing that in a one year. There, there's another. I would th- take. I think I would take. I think I'm at that point where I would take him number two at running back. I would take Brees Hall. And there's one other thing that you, you mentioned: getting better within the scheme. Just get better within a NFL weight program, yeah, and all that. Get a get a full year under your belt where you're not training for a combine. Right. You're training for your next season now, right? And that's I think huge for a lot of players going into year two. Guess who has a lot of age hand shares? You. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> that was a tough one to solve. Dude, but seventh, eighth. Was it the ninth, smi- Was it dude, the smile that gave him away? Dude, I took him as high as like four. Overall in the league, and then there'd be leagues where if I had a fourth pick, I'd take him at four. If I had a fifth pick, I'd take him at five. Which I but let, like there's a lot of playoff teams where I had like seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh. And uh, there there was a there was a team where I had pick one ten, and I had picked two o three, and I was able to get a chan and Spears with those two picks. I would love that combo going into oh my gosh to twenty twenty four. It's the only you, team I have both, but I do have one team that I have both. I have a, I think I I think I have a team where I have Spears and Achan as well. Yeah, it's fun. So I have a lot of uh I have a lot of Achan Barkley combos. Okay. All right. Because I have a lot of Saquon. I, for some way it worked out, like because Saquon was the guys you could trade for. Like I have a lot of Saquon. DJ Moore, Saquon Barkley, Baker Mayfield, Devon Achan are like probably four members on. The guys I have the most shares of yeah. in dynasty, like of relevant play. I have tons of like I like I think my number one roster player is Curtis Samuel because like he was so ridiculously cheap yeah. and like I've always believed in Curtis Samuel. So like I he's probably my number one roster player, but like uh-huh. other dynamic players, like cornerstone players. Are, my top three guys are these are this is gonna come as no surprise. DJ Dallas, Cole Komet, Cole Komet, and Darius Slayton. <laughs> <laughs> I am a man of my word. Yes, you are. Listen, Darius Slayton right now is probably a really good buy. And just on the cheap as well. Um, you know, he's only 25 years old, gonna get cut in New York probably this year. They're not gonna pay him. I think he's owed like 13 million or something like there. Oh, really? So, wow. Yeah, it's something crazy. So they're probably gonna roll with Wandale and Jalen Hyatt and then draft a guy. But I mean, if you're looking for a receiver that gonna go into free agency, teams that need receiver help, who's only 25 years threat. old that could stretch the field, like I mean, honestly, he'd be a really good foot fit for the Cleveland Browns. They could use somebody like him to go stretch mm-hmm. the field. Um, they're saying cost you nothing, but probably a good throw and buy. Once again, going back to the best ball, seems like he has a game or two every year where he yeah. gets like two touchdowns and like he just he's prone for those big blow up games. Like those best ball, they things, can they so. can save about seven million bucks by getting rid of him. Yeah, yeah, they might. He yep. gone. 
So that's it. Uh, tune in to tomorrow's show where we do third year. What's it, what's it? Third year? Breakouts. Third year breakouts. I like sophomore step-ups. Yeah. Should be third, third year thunder. Third that's year tricklers. <laughs> wow, guys. That's really good. This is, this is good. Let's you're keep brainstorming. Yeah, this is good. You're this totally is selling want. it. Third yeah. year thumpers. <laughs> not, but that's the best one yet. <laughs> and it's still not good. Well, whoa, whoa. Hey, hey. third year tecklers. Tackler third year thirsty Thursdays. Hey. <laughs> I'm thirsty. <laughs> Adios.